Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us today. What a fun episode of Lockdown Blue Devils we've got planned for you as we're going to take a look back at the class of 2017 recruiting for Duke men's basketball with our good pal Jason Jordan, the Locked On College Basketball Recruiting Insider and, of course, the Director of College Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated that's coming up on today's show. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you watch the show daily each and every day on YouTube and subscribe over there as well. Your support means the absolute world. We've got to take this time to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football and college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So let's dive right in. Let's bring in my good buddy, Jason Jordan, again, the director of recruiting for Sports Illustrated and our Locked On Recruiting Insider. And Jason, we're going to take a look at this class of 2017. Uh, we've been doing this each and every week. Duke has picked up a bunch of momentum in the one-and-done era following the 2015 National Championship. And uh, we look, take a look at this new class, and that's the same story once again, able to put together a really good group of talent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing new for Duke uh, landing top classes. You know, <laughs> it's almost become the standard for them. But, you know, that to that comes with a lot of expectations. And, you know, they've um, benefited and uh, been hurt by that. So it's, it's a two-sided coin in every way. So let's take a look at this 2017 class for Duke. Seven players total in the class, uh, including three guys in which Alex O'Connell, uh, Jordan Goldwire, and Jordan Tucker were not going to spend as much time talking about those guys uh, at all. They're not as significant, uh, frankly, as the other guys in this class. Uh, but O'Connell was the first at three Duke to Creighton. And then the second player uh, that signed on, was Gary Trent Jr., who chose to play for the Blue Devils. Yeah. He was at Prolific Prep at the time. I did some research, Jason. I found some old stories you were writing for USA huh. Today uh, when yeah. he made his decision ultimately to play for Duke. Uh, but time at Prolific Prep, and then what people might not remember or might not realize is that <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. was actually from the Apple Valley area where the yeah. Jones brothers were playing as well. Yeah, definitely played the same AAU team, Howard Pulley. Um, shout out to Howard Pulley. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, that certainly helped. Um, Gary Tr- Gary was a blogger for me for a few years there at USA Today. So uh, we talked a lot. And uh, Tice was always in his ear, you know, um, about Duke. And that that definitely impacted him. And um, seeing, you know, Tice go before him and uh, have great success there. So that was definitely a major impact, um, having him as an advocate. We we see the player he is in the NBA today, and and I think he surprised a good number of folks, not the diehard Duke fans, because we knew the ability was there. We know that he can absolutely shoot the basketball like Mm -hmm. crazy, but Toronto 
has absolutely fallen in love with Gary Trent Jr. Uh, now a few seasons into his NBA career. Tell us about Gary Trent, the player, back in his high school days. Yeah, so he was always – I always thought he would be really successful in the NBA, and I thought he would get better as the spacing uh, got better in college sure. in the pros. I mean, he's 6'6", and he's knocking out shots efficiently. So it sometimes we take make it too hard, you know. <laughs> like, so he's always been a sniper. And so at 6'6", but the big thing about him was he always had the mentality that he was like the best player on the court, um, which I always – one of the biggest things I look at um, when looking at players is, you know, their mentality – um, when there's adversity on the court throughout the course of a game and, you know, when they're just hot and, you know, that's easy then, but he kept the same mentality and I, I knew that would take him very far. And plays with so much confidence and yes. a swagger about him now, uh, definitely got more ink on, uh, on the body than he did when he played for Duke and growing right. up and has such a, uh, just fashion personality. It feels there in Toronto, but man, he is an absolute heck of a basketball player and continues yes. to get better every year. It seems. Absolutely. I mean, he'll have a long career. Like he'll make a lot of money in the NBA and carry will. And um, yeah, that's a testament to him. He's all, he's a worker too. Now he he's has one of the best work ethics. I mean, I think in that class, you got you know, you'd had Margin, uh, Trey Duvall, uh, Wendell, who uh, Gary Trent was in his paramount in land. you know, they were almost a package deal. We'll talk about that, but um, he was, he wasn't the most heralded in that class. I mean, he was probably third, yeah. Um, you know, of the ones they ended up landing. Um, but you know, Gary's mentality is he was first, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I always I always definitely admired that confidence that he has taken him far. And, and the work ethic too is certainly yeah. something important to point out. We we've seen at Duke our fair share of players who uh had fathers who played in the NBA and played at that level. Yeah. Gary Trent certainly fits in that category. I mean, his dad it's his namesake, right? Gary Trent Jr. getting to play for Duke for one season. How much of an impact, not only in this instance, but just in general, when it comes to recruiting, is that to know that your pops was recruited at a pretty high level and went on to have a successful career? If you could kind of gear that conversation toward the Trent family. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just the experience factor. Um, and then you know how to you know how to sell that when that's the background, right? And so Duke's dealt with that a few times. Um, they've gotten some, they haven't gotten some, but, um, that's a different sale, um, because you really have to speak to the, the dad because you can't really, you're not really wowing him. Yeah. You're not really wowing. It's a different conversation and any coach will tell you that. Um, but you know, when you're dealing with a guy like Krzyzewski, I mean, it, he's seen everything. So there's a certain level of respect that is going to come into play when you're dealing with a legend and, um, you know that that was one of the biggest things that Duke had going for him, 100%. Gary Trent Jr., the first big name in that class of 2017, recruiting for Duke men's basketball. You mentioned the connection to Wendell Carter Jr. I got to hear more about that, and we're going to do that right after this first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. 
That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As we move forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, I'm J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Jason Jordan. All right, Wendell Carter Jr. from the state of Georgia, from the Atlanta area, a big commit for Duke, goes on to be a lottery draft pick uh, after one season playing for Duke. Tell us how he winds up being a Duke Blue Devil, Jason. Well, you know, Gary, he and Gary, you know, had talked for a while. Wendell, another one of my bloggers. I mean, I tell you, my my blogger team would win a couple titles, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, and I like uh, that they all have Duke connections. That's what they, I love. Yeah, you know, well, when you, you know, I go for the best. And so when Duke, Duke <laughs> and stays Duke's doing the top, same. Yeah. you know, it, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. But, uh, yeah, those guys were always um, – in each other's ear and about playing together. And they thought it was like a match made in heaven. I mean, they were on the EYBL played against each other with Howard Pulley and a, uh, Wendell was at CP three. And so they played, you know, they did battle in the spring and the summer and they became really good friends. And, um, they were pretty adamant. Gary for sure was adamant that he was going to play with Wendell. And so they didn't time it the same way that, uh, Ja and Tyus did right. on the same day at the same time. But, you know, um, it was kind of because they had hyped it so much. I was when when Gary pulled the trigger, then Wendell pops two weeks later. There was not there wasn't as much suspense around it because um, you know I started to get a sense. Plan, yeah. you know, <laughs> they tried to be like, "Oh, he has got he's got to do what he's got to do," you know. <laughs> but you know, to build some suspense. But it was it was like a foregone conclusion by that time, and so uh, that was a huge get for Duke because Wendell was uh, man. Superstar, superstar. Yeah, I remember wow. um, the summer before he committed. So the summer going in his senior year, he played against Marvin Bagley. I believe it was in Atlanta, and it was like standing room only in the EYBL. And my goodness, I mean, what a battle! But he he won the matchup because he gave uh, Marvin like thirty and twelve, and it was like that too. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> He was giving him work, you know, but Marvin would give it back a little bit, but he won the matchup. And, um, you know, it was interesting to see those two uh, team up together. I thought that would be an unstoppable yeah. uh, front court. So we, you know. we saw Wendell's defensive, certainly uh, yeah. at his time at Duke on the interior. And then yeah. just the lob threat he was, how versatile yeah. he was uh, in the post scoring. Yeah. Saw a little bit of the jump shot, but in his NBA right. career, Drafted by the Chicago Bulls, now playing with Indo Magic. I mean, he is a pure stretch five. I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. not afraid at all in his professional career to step out and knock down the shots from the outside, Jason. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's and he's always had that. You know, um, sometimes, you know, at Duke, you know, Marvin Marvin was featured, right? Um, just because he did a lot of stuff. Um, he was more a little more fluid. Um, yeah. Did a lot of different stuff. Well at that level but you know windows probably just coming into his, into his own in the last uh, few years and so that's good to see because he's a hard-working kid um great kid one of the best to deal with in that class he ain't gary really and um yeah he it's you know he he's another one that had a great work ethic um very successful um because of his work ethic so um just a big body man he did a lot of things well super versatile um 
Yeah, and and one of the one of the better players in that class for sure. It easily top five. What what a class of 2017 it was for Duke specifically. And and now let's keep moving forward. We'll get to Bagley in just a moment. But uh, the point guard for the Duke Blue Devils that season, Trey Duvall. Tell me a little bit about uh, the stories you remember with him. Yeah, man, it was he was late. I think he was like May Mayish. He was definitely yeah. after um definitely the spring, definitely a spring commit. Um, and, you know, that could have gone a couple different ways. I know Baylor was heavy on him, Kansas, and even Arizona uh, was very, very uh, in, much in there. But uh, he was always one of the, the best. Um, uh, a lot of people were comparing him to um, – now, they weren't the same, let me before I get in trouble. But Kyrie, just because of his quickness and his craftiness with the um, the ball, um, right. he played. He played – and so he was super athletic, so he was always making a highlight real or something like that but the thing with Trayvon and he was so he was dominant in the spring he played on the Under Armour circuit with we are one and um he dominated the Under Armour circuit I mean he was just cook, cooking those guards right um and the thing with him was I, I always was a little when he committed to Duke I was like well that could be good but he's not a great communicator right so he doesn't talk a lot and I think I, that could be an issue you know, personality wise, I think there could there could be an issue there. Um, so and I think it did sting him a little bit that he wasn't like K went in at the point K wants a leader, you know, right. a leader who's going to talk and pull people's coattails, even even as a freshman, because he'll give you that that rope if you're if you're that guy. And I knew Trayvon, the communication uh, was going to be the biggest um, and, and defense. I mean, but that's for most freshman guards. But communication was going to be the biggest curb for him, and it did end up being that. Yeah, and you hate to you hate to call it a doghouse or whatever throughout Coach yeah. K's career, but there were moments yeah. during his lone season for Duke where he just oh. wasn't getting the chance to play yeah. as much, as you said, for a variety of different reasons. Yeah. The talent was there, and I'm going to get more into that NCAA tournament run that Duke had because down the stretch they really started to figure things out. Yeah. with how loaded that team was for Duke. And and Trayvon Duvall was one of the big reasons why they yeah. took that next step. Um, I can remember a couple of just massive dunks that he had yeah. in NCAA tournament oh, yeah. games and then decided, hey, it's the tournament. This is when the lights are shining brightest. Let yeah. me make the jump shot work a little bit. And, I mean, he played yeah. really, really well in the NCAA tournament but then doesn't get drafted. And we haven't yeah. seen him really get his opportunity – in the NBA, what what do you think is the reason for that? Is it back to the communication thing, or what do you think, Jason? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, at the end of the day, um, guards have to knock down shots, and yeah. so that was one of the things where he was really, really challenged. Sure, um, even in high school, he wasn't knocking shots down; he was getting getting past everybody. He was quicker than everybody, faster, and then super athletic. Um, and so uh, he, but but nobody could stay, especially respectfully Under Armour, but on the Under Armour circuit, he was really sure. dominant, you know, so he never really had to work on that jump shot. And just even mechanics, you know, his mechanics, even at, at Duke, uh, you know, in that offense, um, there's you're always, as they, you know, pass the ball on, around the perimeter, there's always a guy on the extra pass who's going to be open for that top of the key three or that uh, left wing three. Uh, because there's so many threats on the perimeter at Duke on, in most years. Um, and so he just couldn't knock that shot down consistently. And that was a big, you know, that's a big hurdle for him because it's that shot is going to be there. 
And so he hasn't consistently proven that he's going to, you know, knock that shot down, you know. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. You got to be able to knock shots down. Um, Fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair. True. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about or that. Or you're going to be a deep, a lockdown defender, and he's not that. Right. Truth. It is what it is. It is what yeah. it is. Still a, a, a one year for Duke and yeah. bet on himself. Did get some G League run, and uh, we'll see yeah. what his basketball career continues to look like in the years to come and that sort yeah. of thing. All right, so we keep moving forward with this class of 2017, and uh, Marvin Bagley the third is up next. Uh, we're at a time in uh, in the recruiting world over the last few years, Jason, where everybody in America wants to know what's going on at Sierra Canyon because of Bronny James and what's taking place. But a few years ago, Marvin Bagley the third was playing there. Duke also had Cassius Stanley a couple of years later come to Duke by way of Sierra Canyon. So. Uh, tell me a little bit about Marvin Bagley III, because also we'll remind people he was originally in the class of 2018 with Zion and RJ and Cam, and then decides to reclass and come a year earlier. Yeah, he did it really late too. I mean, I think it was like late summer, like You're right. I think in the yep. July, maybe August or something like that of that of that year. So, um, yeah, he was just dominant. Uh, he was probably the best player. I said Wendell got, got gave him that work, but at the end of the day, he was still you know, the best, most consistent player. Uh, and he was in the league, in the EYBL. Right. But, but he was an underclassman at the time when I'm saying he's the best player. So that says a lot in and of itself. 6'11", did everything well, knocked down shots consistently. To your point, like he was – he it wasn't like it is now where that's not uncommon to see a 6'10 guy out there handling the ball, uh, you know, igniting the break. You know, we were just starting to – to see that more, of that, more yeah. and more prevalent, like Marvin was kind of one of the pioneers pushing that. Not first, but one in that in that first wave of um, you know those uh, super versatile six ten guys who totally do fair to say, yeah. right? Um, super agile um, and just a great rebounder, great rebounder. Just a nose for the ball, got a lot of putbacks off that second jump, clean the glass and. Um, wasn't a big ego guy. Didn't talk a lot. Um, just really got it done. Really went to work. Really got it done. Wasn't a guy who liked a lot of attention. Um, didn't have the personality like Gary or right. um, even Wendell, um, who is an actor. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, yeah, he uh, uh, he was definitely one of those just lunch pail guys who just came and worked and, you know, didn't get involved with all the other noise. How surprised were you that he wanted to reclass and, and kind of go up a year? Not surprised because that was kind of the, the foregone conclusion. That was the back channel conversation. Okay. It was, that was always a plan. Um, I had heard about that for at least a few months before. Sure. He got it. That was the talk of the summer. I remember that. Um, and so they were trying to, Oh, we don't know. We don't know if we're going to do it. You know, who knows? Right. Um, but Everybody who knew knew, and um, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion he was going to Duke too. Um, that wasn't shocking. Neither one of those things were shocking. I remember that it wasn't yeah. like this big mystery, you know. Um, but it was a big hit. I remember also arriving on campus. Uh, you know, we talked in our recruiting lookbacks. One of the first guys we talked about um, was Austin Rivers, and he yeah. completely changed. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski's view on jersey numbers and got yeah. to wear number zero, right? And we talked about right. sub-zero. Bagley arrives, 
and he wants to wear 35 for Duke, but it's currently retired and hanging in the rafters uh, with Duke honoring Danny Ferry, and he got Danny Ferry's permission to be able to rock the 35. Um, And uh, as someone who myself focuses way too much on jersey numbers and the silly things, uh, that was definitely something that kind of stuck out to me about Bagley the third for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, and at the time, you know, people might be like, oh, well, he didn't, you know, look at the NBA now. I mean, he's not doing what the, what you guys are saying. He was a superstar, but, you know, and then when they got him, I mean, he's definitely the guy that, you know, uh, the OG is going to give him the number. Right. Like, oh, him? Yeah, I heard yeah. of him. You know, that kind of thing. For sure. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not – that's right on – yeah, he that he he definitely uh, – And, again, I mean, we haven't talked about Bagley's professional career, and I really don't want to dive into it that much right. Um, right. With, with what he's been able to do in Sacramento and now at the Detroit Pistons. It hasn't lived up to top three yeah. draft pick billing. But as a college basketball player, oh, oh my man. goodness, the year he man. had playing for oh, the Duke. Holy cow, the run he was able to have in Durham. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was different. I mean, he at freshman 21 and 11. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. I, you know, at Duke on a traveling all-star team. Right. You know what I mean? Like – you know, I mean, he was, he was, I think they had five or six guys in double figures. So um, then then you look at their, 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 you know, four there, I think four there, I think only Trayvon's the one that didn't end up in the NBA. Correct. So, um, you know, that in and of itself. And then, you know, he's on a team with Grayson Allen. Right. Where it's kind of Grayson Allen's show. Yep. Um, But, you know, Grayson Allen kind of deferred to him because, you know, I mean, he's special, you know, and, and that gave them their best chance to win. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely a superstar. Let's get set to wrap up our conversation today with our buddy Jason Jordan, the director of college basketball recruiting for Sports Illustrated and our Locked On Recruiting Insider after our final timeout here on today's show. Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got all of it at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those too. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside Jason Jordan. We've been talking about the class of 2017 recruiting for Duke, focusing on four players in Bagley III, Carter Jr., Trent Jr., uh, Trayvon Duvall, and then Grayson Allen was in his senior season playing for Duke. What a year it was for the Duke Blue Devils. As come NCAA tournament time, they're absolutely playing their best basketball in the world were one of the best teams in America uh, make a run all the way to the elite eight in a game that I truly will never forget. Jason Grayson had a runner at the rim that I felt hit the rim a million different times. Didn't go in, goes to overtime Malik Newman at Kansas state or at Kansas had the game of his life and uh, 32 points in that one. uh, And Duke season unfortunately came to a close, but Man, that is one of those Duke teams where yeah. you look, you get you get uh, a little spoiled when you have the number one recruiting class year after year after year. But that in particular is one of those teams, Jason, 
where it just stings a little bit that they couldn't ultimately be yeah. the last team to cut down. Yeah, I remember, I remember watching that game. I feel like, and I can't, I don't know the date on that game, but I feel like we were at McDonald's All-American uh-huh. watching, watching that game, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, so like the kids were there. But um, I remember that may have been Trayvon Duvall's best game of his year. 100%. You're exactly right. And, yeah, That's um, what I was mentioning. It, it came to tournament time and he stepped up. Yeah, yeah, because Malik Newman, another one of my bloggers, shout, you know, <laughs> shout out to me for my NBA title. I would, would be one of my bloggers. But, um, yeah, like I feel like it, it, that's one of those things where those, the old school coaches are going to rock with the with the leader. Mm-hmm. When I, but, but Grayson, if I remember correctly, was not having a good game. No. Um, and Trayvon was having an amazing game. And I felt like they should have rode Trayvon kind of kind of rip but k in in classic k fashion um and you know all the all the legends are like that roy williams is like that um uh all of them all you know all the old school coaches are like they're gonna ride with the leader sure and so um they you know and but but you know i say that but if if to your point it rolled around i remember that shot hung up there on the rim like should i should i should i to win yeah right (laughs) Um, in overtime. So, you know, it was just the call they made. But, I, you know, Trayvon, I remember Trayvon Duvall. I thought that might have got him in the in the league. So I thought that might have got him drafted. Um, but I think, you know, there were some other things working against him. So, that yeah, game, that was a great game. I will tell you, that game did get Malik Newman drafted. Because if I'm yes. not mistaken, I do think he snuck into the second round there. And I will never – 32 points, could not miss from three-point range in that game. And I was – you know, I, I know he's a great player, Jason, but yeah. when you just weren't <laughs> expecting that based on the numbers going no. into the season, it stings a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Malik, Malik couldn't miss that game. He, could, <laughs> he, he, he definitely took it back to um, – high school on that one (laughs) well jason this is always so much fun each and every week tell us one more time about all of the college basketball recruiting coverage that you handle oh yeah well you know um catch me on twitter jason jordan si jason c jordan on instagram you know we're full-fledged um in the season now man so uh you know gonna be a lot of things coming up and definitely keep keep uh keep an eye on what we got coming can't wait thanks so much for the time jason we'll do this again soon okay Look forward to it. That's my pal Jason Jordan joining us on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, and that's going to bring our conversation to a close. Thanks so much to Jason for joining us on today's program. That's going to do it for today's show. Please be sure once again to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to subscribe to our page on YouTube. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.